Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Prayers of confession and repentance may be the most intimate form of communication with God. There would be no need for confession and repentance if we did not fail our created purpose and damage our relationships with God and others, resulting in the need to confess and repent. Confession is not something we are prone to do. We don't want to confess our misdeeds. We want to explain them. We might want to say, I was afraid, or he provoked me beyond my limits. And those excuses might be true. But confession and repentance do not address the reason behind the sin. They speak to the fact of sin and the consequential damage. Confession and repentance are about admitting our misdeeds and pledging to do better. I am sorry I hurt you, and I promise I will never do or say that again. We often want to add but to an apology. However, true confession rejects explanations or rationalizations. If we try to offer defenses and reasons, we soil the process and the purpose. Instead, confession should be a declaration and repentance a pledge to be better. Period. Confession and repentance are linked, but they are different. Confession is the first part. I declare my sin before God, my spouse, my family, friends, and our congregation. When we name the sin, it begins to lose its power over us. Turn on the light, and the shadows become common and ordinary. That's not a goblin's head, it's my basketball. It's not a gnarled old man with a knife, it's the way the shadow of a tree shines against the curtains. When we move our sin from inside of us to outside of us, we begin to allow God to deal with it appropriately. Once you have told someone of your wrongdoing, it is more difficult to ignore it or rationalize it. You're held accountable. And accountability is crucial for the connected prayer of repentance. And of course, repentance comes after confession. The word comes from an old Anglo-Norman French word meaning to renounce something or to cease to do something, to express contrition or regret. So after confessing, We express our regret for the damage or hurt we have caused and reject that behavior for the future. A prayer of repentance disavows the act. That is not who I am. It is not who I should be. It is not who I want to be, and I reject it. I am now on a new path to avoid it in the future because I see it for what it is. So a prayer of confession without repentance or repentance without confession is incomplete. The Bible is full of confessions and prayers of repentance. In much of the Old Testament, they are connected with sin sacrifices. Leviticus and Numbers both describe how they are to be offered to be cleansed of sin and forgiven. For example, Leviticus 5.5 When you realize your guilt in any of these, you shall confess the sin that you have committed. These actions of sacrifice emphasize that one must confess sins to be forgiven for them. Jesus emphasizes the same thing in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6.12. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. During the conquest of Canaan, when the people failed to follow God's commands, tragedy fell upon them. Joshua went to the leader of the rebellious group and told him he must confess to God. The New Testament continues the idea of the importance of prayers of confession and repentance. 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
James even suggests that we should confess not only to God, but to each other. James 5.16 Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you might be healed. Sometimes, leaders confess the sins of a group of people, even though it may be that the leader did not sin. Ezra confessed the sins of his people for not separating themselves from non-believers as God had asked them to do. Nehemiah offers similar prayers for his people. In Nehemiah 3.9, the people themselves confess their sins together as a group. Today, congregations and groups of believers rarely engage in public and group confession, despite the numerous examples in the Bible. This is probably a testament to the difficulty of admitting we are wrong. While some of us might confess in private, or more rarely in public, we often do not hear leaders take on the sin of their congregation or a group and confess on their behalf as their leader. If you don't know how to pray a confession, the Psalms are a great resource. Often, the words can be recited with little or no change to fit your circumstances. For example, Psalm 38.18 is an excellent beginning for a prayer of confession. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. It is a simple declaration followed by a simple statement of repentance. Nehemiah offers another excellent example in the book by his name, chapter 1, 5-11. I now pray before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel, confessing the sins of the people of Israel that we have sinned against you. Both I and my family have sinned. We have offended you deeply, failing to keep the commandments, the statutes, and the ordinances that you commanded your servant Moses. A more complex prayer is David's prayer of confession after his affair with Bathsheba in Psalm 51. The structure of the confession is a good template for our prayers. A request for mercy in verses 1 and 2, the confession of the sin in verse 3, an acknowledgement that the sin hurts God and others and God would be justified in punishing, verses 4 and 5. An expression of knowledge that only God can forgive and cleanse, verses 6 through 11. A look to the future, this is repentance, verses 13 through 18. And then finally, a statement of knowledge that God wants sincere and humble followers, verses 18 and 19. When we sin, we can always be forgiven and start anew. Otherwise, our sins would continue to build up, burying us under the weight of failure and guilt and separating us from God. This was the reason for the daily, monthly, and yearly sacrifices described and commanded in the Old Testament. For Christians, there is no need to offer those oil, grain, or animal sacrifices because the sacrifice of his son took the place of those sacrifices. That perfect sacrifice was more horrific than any animal sacrifice, but also more effective because it was God's sacrifice. It need only be done once. Then, in confession and repentance, we take part in that sacrifice. It becomes our sacrifice. Jesus becomes an offering for our sins of his own free will, and we are cleansed and forgiven. In prayers of confession and repentance, we throw ourselves upon God's mercy, acknowledging that he is our only hope to begin again. We make a statement about our future. We commit to being renewed, to live differently, and to serve him. Such prayers offer us the opportunity to offer ourselves in humility and to be lifted up by the judge himself who says, Go, my child, you are no longer guilty. The cost of sin has been paid. You are a forgiven and innocent being. Now go out and live like it. 
Thank you for listening. See the notes accompanying this podcast for more information. Learn more about the Praying Through the Bible Project on our website, prayingthroughthebible.com. That's T-H-R-U. If you are a subscriber, thank you. If not, please consider becoming one. Feel free to get in touch through the comments or on our website. Until next time, blessings on all.